So this morning now, we are going to look at one of the stories about, uh, particularly about one of the disciples who really did want to pay attention to Jesus's uh, physical condition. And we know this story um, mostly by the title of the story of Doubting Thomas. So this morning, a little, little preference to, a little, um, a little preference, a, a little preview of what happened before. So we're told in John, uh, you know, we get the wonderful story that we heard on Easter that uh, Mary Magdalene sees Jesus, encounters Jesus on that uh, resurrection morning. And then in evening, we're told on that first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together. They were gathered together. We're told that they were gathered together in a locked room. And Jesus appears to them and says, peace be with you. So they, they encounter this risen Jesus. But it turns out that one of those disciples of the remaining 11 wasn't there. And this is that very short story with a lot of power about uh, Thomas. I read to you from John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. He was not there that uh, evening of the previous week. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see the mark of nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Hmm. A week later, Jesus' disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have come to believe. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Uh, oh God, we give you thanks for this risen one who remains with us. For these stories from scripture of these early disciples and their encounter with the risen Christ. So open us, our hearts, our minds, open us to receive whatever it is this morning that you want from us. Amen. I love this story of Thomas. I love his honesty, and even more than that, I love Jesus' welcome. I love how Jesus says more or less, bring it on, Thomas. Go ahead. Go ahead. See, Jesus doesn't say, because you didn't first believe, you're now banished to the depths of hell. No, not at all. Jesus seems to understand Thomas's need for proof. Put your finger here. See my hand. Put your hand in my side. Don't doubt, but believe, Thomas, I'm here. Jesus says here, it's okay to doubt. Just don't turn it away. So what you just heard is pretty much the sermon I've preached in one way or the other for the last 26 years. 
This is my 26th year of preaching on Thomas. And although I don't remember ever repeating the sermon, that's pretty much the message. Because that's really always been important to me, that Jesus here confirms and affirms the possibility that we need more proof than what we're given. That for some persons, doubt is an essential part of them growing in faith. Okay, so that's that. I've always focused on this intimate encounter between Thomas and Jesus because they are the main characters here. Ah, but they are not the only characters. See, that verse 26 says, a week later, Jesus' disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Thomas was with them even though he had already told the other ten that he didn't believe them. Right? I mean, that's essentially what had happened. The other ten had said, Thomas, you won't, <laughs> you won't believe this. He's like, you're right, I won't. Um, Thomas, this incredible thing has happened. We have encountered... We have encountered the risen Christ. Thomas, it's incredible. You won't believe this. We have encountered the risen Christ. Thomas, the one who has been with them for three years. This is not a casual relationship, by the way. Thomas has been with them for three years. They have together seen, observed miracles, and they've been part of miracles. They've eaten together, they've prayed together, they've worked together. They were chosen by, bound by, commissioned by Jesus himself, right? A band of brothers, we might say. So when, Jesus, when Thomas says, I don't believe you, that would sting, right? Have you ever told someone something? Someone you loved and trusted? And you thought they loved and trusted you, but they, they didn't believe what you told them. It's stung. Possible reactions? I don't know. Possible reactions could be hurt. I would understand if that was true. After all we've been through together, Thomas, you don't believe us? Or anger, who do you think you are, right? Who do you think you are, Thomas? And by the way, Thomas, why weren't you with us when Jesus appeared to us? Some judgment, right? So hurt, anger, judgment. Certainly other emotions. We don't know what the other ten felt or thought or said. It's not here in scripture. But all we know is this, a singular line. A week later, Jesus' disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. The ten disciples who had seen the risen Christ must have believed and affirmed that even with Thomas's doubt, Thomas was still one of them. They must have said somehow he's still one of us. And Thomas, even in his doubt, must have decided that he wanted to still be one of them, right? On both their parts, Thomas with his doubt still decided, I'm going to stay with them. And those other ten, even with Thomas's doubt, said, you can still be with us. It was a decision made to be together. All of them now, all of them now, witnesses to the incredible, incredible presence 
of the risen Christ in their midst. Hmm. So I sat and prayed with this story over the last couple of weeks. What I felt in this was the power of community. The power of community. And the decisions we all make to be apart or to stay apart from the community. Now, it's not always possible. It's not always possible to stay in any particular community. There are times, and I want to talk particularly around the church right now, there are times when it is not good for the community for us to stay together. When we no longer share um, common commitments, core commitments or belief. Or when relationships are so broken that they can no longer be mended, at least together. But my hope and prayer is that these situations are rare and not the norm. That we as a faith community, in person and physically apart from one another, can stay in community even when we doubt. Even when we're doubted. Even when we don't agree on some things that we might find our unity in the risen Christ. I had kind of chosen and felt ch uh, chosen by this uh, theme before I realized that this Sunday, um, May 1st, is the day that the uh, new denomination, the Global Methodist Church, launches. Um, it has been in the making for a number of years. I don't know what effect that will have on our Meadville area community or on our annual conference, on our relationships to Methodists in our annual conference or around the country and around the world, but it is a moment. It's a moment when there are those who said, we can no longer stay together, and I honor and respect that. Um, there are times when we as a community can no longer stay together. Again, that being said, let that be rare not the norm. Let's us as Stone Church here and there, uh, our broader community, seek to find ways that we can be together in service, that we can continue to find ways to find life in, uh, as Adam Hamilton's book, The Walk, that we just finished said, to find life together in worship, in prayer, in study, in service, in giving, and in witness. The world needs us. The world needs the church, the Christian church, to be as big and bold and just and loving and peaceful as Jesus was. Hmm. So let's do it. Let's be it. Even when there's tension or doubt. Our mission statement as the church, and we... Uh, I think we came up, we uh, worked on this in 2016, so it's six years old now. This is who we have decided as a church we're going to be. Compelled by God's love. Stone United Methodist Church is an inclusive community of faith. Meeting people where they are. Connecting them with Christ in one another. And helping them live as disciples of Jesus Christ. That is our core commitment. That's who we are. And if you're on board with that, then we are in this together, uh, one of us, each of us.